Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, you'll be a part of the broadcast in Cincinnati that is coming up on Sunday. By the CBS, Tom McCarthy joins us. Hello, Tom. How are you? I'm doing great, man. You guys got a lot going on. The Pacers and I'm everything. You, yes. The, it is, um, is going to be like, I'll, I'll give you a great example. Like the Pacers are out of town in Vegas right now, but coming up next weekend, because the game was flexed to Saturday, uh, we're going to have the Colts and the Steelers at 4.30 Saturday afternoon. And you have um, a two-game college um, affair going on here at Gamebridge Fieldhouse right next to where I am right now. And one of those matchups would end up being Purdue and Arizona. So there's going to be a lot going on. This is it. Yeah, and you know this. You know this to be true. I mean, there are just times of the year, you know, weeks of the year when things just seem like, even if they don't, you know, playoff-wise, championship-winning-wise, we're seeing things just seem to mean more. And that's kind of like right now where we are. I agree with that. I mean, you know, it's. I always think that the beginning of uh, I mean, for me, for baseball season with college basketball overlapping and the NBA yeah. playing and the NFL, but for me, it's college basketball and baseball because I do those two. That's the time of year that I, I think there's such an amazing buzz to it. But I also think this time of the year as we, you know, with college football, college, uh, college football, college basketball, the NBA, the NHL, the NFL, I mean, there's so much going on. It, it's, it's, it, 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 there's enough to keep us all busy, which is a good thing. So, uh, uh, clearly, the uh, Phillies did not take a swing at Otani, correct? Is that what I gather? Well, I, I think they probably took a swing, but I don't think that they – I think realistically, I don't think that they felt like it was a, a good fit. Um, it's a lot of money, obviously. Well, I shouldn't say they didn't think it was a good fit. I think he'd be a good fit yeah. for anybody. Um, but I just think that they – you know, they, they probably did take a swing. Um, obviously, they've kept it quiet like everybody else has kept it quiet. And, you know, it's um, – if it is if it is Toronto, yeah. you know, it, it, it's – I'm surprised, but I'm not only because it is an amazing international city. There's a huge Japanese population. They're paying them a lot of money. I, I, still, I still am surprised. I still am surprised. I, I just kind of view it, and this is not comparable whatsoever, but to me it'll end up being like Juan Soto. It'll be a year or two there, maybe some disappointment, and then he'll end up in New York. He could. You know? He could. I, yeah. I, I, I did think he was going to wind up in, let's say, San Francisco. Um, yeah. It just felt like that was going to be a good fit for him, or it was going to be Los Angeles. So I, I thought it was going to be the National League. I, I'm surprised to see, you know, if it is indeed true, that if it is Toronto that he's on his way to, then uh, – you know, I'm surprised by that, but hey, listen, it's uh, good for them. I mean, it's it's going to be a heck of a draw for them. Good for them. So Tom McCarthy of CBS, he, James Lofton, Jay Feely, Tiffany Blackman have a part of this broadcast coming up on Sunday in Cincinnati. I, what did you make, uh, I guess, of the the short term now evolution of Jake Browning, the quarterback of the Bengals, because we kind of wrote the Bengals off a couple of weeks yeah. ago with that injury to Burrow, and 
they looked far from a team that was ready to be written off on Monday night of that win in Jacksonville. Yeah, I, I thought they I thought they saved their season. Um, now they're going to have to do it again this weekend against the Colts. I mean, the Colts probably feel the same way because of the the way the records are set up. But I think it's important from a tiebreaker standpoint for the winner of this one. Uh, but I did think the Bengals saved their season on Monday because I was there when Burrow got hurt. I did the game on Westwood in Baltimore, so I watched it happen. It was you know the vantage point in Baltimore is such a good one. I basically saw the whole thing happening. Uh, and it was weird because it was just a pass. So I, I wrote them off. I mean, I, I thought that they could be competitive because of Joe Mixon, because of Jamar Chase, because of their defense. I think their defense is solid. But watching um, Browning that night, I just thought he looked like a, a backup quarterback that hasn't played a lot in his career. But I think against the Jaguars, they, A, found some things that, are, that he's good at, which I don't know if they'll be able to do it against the Colts, but found some things, little screen passes, little dump-offs to, to chase, things like that. Um, and I think that their leaders kind of stepped up a little bit because I think they all realized, hey, man, if we don't win this one, we are absolutely done. But now we've got all these matchups against the AFC coming up, so we could do something and make something happen. Tom McCarthy joins us. He's got the call on CBS in Cincinnati for the Colts and the Bengals on Sunday. I had mentioned this. I, I would have much rather, coming at it from a, a Colts standpoint, seeing the Jaguars win and maybe take, as you mentioned, that hope away, that motivation of hope away from the Bengals. And, and now, because they win, I, they got motivation, they got hope, and that may create a, a relatively lofty edge for them on their home field on Sunday. Well, I do think they're loose. I mean, being at practice today and being, you know, meeting with the players today, they're they're a pretty loose bunch. So, but I also think that they recognize that they they did they did kind of save things, save themselves this weekend. So, um, yeah, if I were the if I were, were any team, I would have preferred for the team I'm facing to get knocked out. And I'm not saying they were out; they wouldn't have been out. But in their mind. I think they would have felt like, oh, man, this, this is going to be the biggest uphill battle we'll, we'll ever have to get back in it. So um, I still think it's good. I think it's going to be a good game. I, I, You know, somebody said to me a couple weeks ago when I told them I was doing this game, they said, well, hopefully there's something to play for. And I think, obviously, both teams have something to play for. You have been around and, and called sports for such a long time. I'm kind of curious your thoughts. I, I've said this, and, you know, not only are we going through that with Gardner Minshew and no Anthony Richardson right now, but you see that, mm -hmm. you know, going down to a degree in Cincinnati with Jake Browning. Um, in the past, have you seen scenarios like we have here in Indy where, you know, obviously Gardner Minshew is not your long-term future in any sense, and you're not getting a look at what you hope to be an Anthony Richardson. But there's something to be said about winning when the expectation to start the season of winning was not there compared to being the start of the season favorite. Is there always something maybe a little bit more about that? I know it's an underdog process, but is there always something a little bit more about that type of season compared to those seasons when you're the actual favorite? Well, I, I do think there is. It, and and here's, here's my thought is that you can turn this, you can turn a franchise around in a heartbeat. I mean, you can in the National Football League. Yeah. You, know, you have to make some good acquisitions free agent-wise. You have to draft really well. Um, in the Colts case, the fact that, you know, when Richardson went down, even before that, they, they probably weren't thought to be able to be a playoff team or at least a deep playoff team. But I also think it shows the importance of these backup quarterbacks. So backup quarterbacks in the National Football League this year have now played six.
60 games. And that doesn't include Josh Dodd um, with the Minnesota Vikings because um, he didn't start, you know, week one with them. He was with the Arizona. But everybody aside from Dobbs, backup quarterbacks, 50 games. Yeah. I, I think that's right. So, so yeah. yes, it, there is something to it where you can exceed expectations and maybe speed up the process of a turnaround. But I also think there's an indication it, it's really important to make sure you have a backup quarterback because the way this league is, man, you go through them fast. You really do. You know, it's funny. You go back here, Tom, to the Manning era, and this is yeah. nothing at all. I love Jim Sorge. Jim, Jim Sorge, the backup quarterback, is still around here and a great dude. But I didn't give a damn who was the backup quarterback then no. because no. with the expectations, if Manning were to ever go down, much like you saw at the end of Manning being in Indy, if he goes down, turn off the lights, it's all over. But yeah. any more, any more, the philosophy that you're talking about right now is true. You have to have an ample backup. And I'll give you the case in point with the Colts. You know, they get Browning on Sunday, and the rest of the way, depending upon if Desmond Ritter is or isn't or whatever happens with Atlanta, other than C.J. Stroud, it's all backups. It is amazing the way the season is broken down and amazing how we look at backup quarterbacks now compared to, for example, how I viewed it back during the Manning era here. I agree. I mean, I, but, you know, and, and the durability of somebody like Peyton, um, you know, is I, I'm not saying it's unheard of nowadays because obviously guys get hurt. It's, you know, there's not much they can do about it, but I agree. I totally agree with it. And, you know, you've got two going, you got two guys going this weekend that have a chance to go to the postseason. I mean, look at Brock Purdy. I mean, with the 49ers. Over the last couple of years, I mean, nobody ever expected he was going to be a starting quarterback. But, you know, you, these guys evolve and you find them. And, um, you know, if you get them into a good system and understand an understanding system, then you're in pretty good shape. Tom McCarthy's got the call on CBS. James Lofton, Jay Feely, Tiffany Blackman as well coming up on Sunday in Cincinnati with the Colts and the Bengals. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. My major concern, and I want to see if you agree with me on this, is this to me is going to be the best skill position set with the Bengals, regardless of the quarterback or the signal caller that their defense has faced all year. And given the circumstances in that secondary, when you're looking at Chase and Higgins and Boyd, and then complement that with what you have and, and mix it in the backfield, that is incredibly troublesome to me in this matchup offense to defense. Well, I, and I think that the, one of the big things for me that I see is, and I know Gus doesn't blitz, um, he doesn't have to, but getting to Browning, because I don't think he'll be able to do the same things he did against Jacksonville because of the rush that the Colts provide i really think that that's to me that's going to be a huge key to give those guys in the secondary because i do agree with you i mean boyd is healthy i watched him run around today at practice higgins is really good uh jamar chase is on a different planet uh their tight end set's really good um you know mixon obviously is their lead back but they've got this other kid chase brown what a nice night last the other night against the the jaguars but i just think the pass rush i'm really excited to see it i watched the you know, I just rewatched the the game from last week, and um, you know, I think that's going to be important is to get to try to get to to the Browning and try to cut off some of those short passes for him. 
Hey, Tom, before I let you go, I know you do a lot of college basketball as well. Obviously, we're watching what Purdue has done so far. And, you know, losing to Northwestern last week was in overtime was tough on them, too. And I mentioned Purdue and Arizona coming up next Saturday here at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. What teams are standing out to you? Because we, we kind of hit that we hit that interesting run here in December where you get the, uh, some conference and then non-conference games mixed in. But what stands out to you about what you've seen so far in this college hoop season? Well, I, I you know, I really think Purdue is, is on a different level in a lot of ways. Um, I've enjoyed watching them play from a distance. Uh, I think there's some really cool stories that are happening around college basketball. Uh, one of them is the Princeton Tigers, as strange as that sounds, that they, you know, they're yeah. playing the way they are. Um, I did St. John's the other night. Not that they are of the upper echelon right now, but I think that they're going to be a good team uh, as this year goes on, I think Rick Pitino has kind of figured some some things out. Um, I, I am continued to be amazed at the impact of the transfer portal, which I know affects everything. I know it does. But I, 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 it stuns me to see how many guys have been able to move. I think it's had more of an effect on college basketball. And I know people might, will probably disagree with this. More effects in college basketball than it has on college football. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I think a team like Creighton in the big East is really good. I mean, they're seven and one. I mean, the Cockrenner kids really good. Um, yeah. big matchup on Saturday on CBS, Illinois and Tennessee. I think that's the fun one because I think Illinois is really good. And I've watched a lot of UConn and I think he's got a chance to, to go after another uh, national championship. I mean, they've got a lot of balance. And he is a heck of a coach. So I think it's going to be a great year. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. Before I let you go, you mentioned the transfer portal, and then you can add in NIL. Dusty May, the head coach of Florida Atlantic, went to high school together, and he's a good friend of mine. And I, I know, you know both on the air talking and then off the air talking, the lengths in which he had to go to keep that group that final four oh, yeah. team together <laughs> is absolutely incredible. I, I, Tom, I'm telling you, and these guys, you know, are getting ready to play, you know, for a, a, a regional title. And, you know, they're getting calls from people representing this and that. It is absolutely no and phenomenally crazy. It's crazy. And I still think something has to be done to regulate it. But it is absolutely crazy. I mean, think about what's happened in college football. I mean, Kyle McCord leads his team, you know, to, to a one-loss season. And on the brink yeah. of playing for national <laughs> And they they want him out of there, so he's moving on to somewhere else. I don't know it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> well, the fact if if Marvin Harrison Jr. is really and literally thinking about returning because the NIL money is better than what he would get in the first round is, I may fall out this window where I'm sitting right here in this bar. It's crazy, absolutely crazy. <laughs> I'm with. You. Hey man, I'm with you. yeah. Hey, I appreciate it. We'll be uh, watching coming up on Sunday. You and James and Jay and Tiffany together in Cincy, correct? Yep, that's it. Uh, good group. Um, you know, looking forward to it, though. Hey, enjoy the game, Tom. We'll do it again, and, and we'll work in a little bit more college hoop, too, the next time we have you on. Thank you. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Have a great weekend.